0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the M&M Hockey Podcast. As always, I'm your host Alex Metzger, along with me is my co-host Chase McCallum, and today we are back with some more conference finals to talk about. Uh, the last time we recorded, both series were at two nothing, and we were worried we were going to see two sweeps. Uh, we did see one. One is ended, unfortunately, uh, but there is a series that is still going, and honestly, quite interesting. So I think we'll get to that second, just because there's still more to talk about. So we'll maybe leave that till after. But let's talk about the series that's ended, and and probably not as fresh now in people's minds, and that's the Florida Panthers four nothing. Against the Carolina Hurricanes, the Hurricanes are now zero twelve in conference finals since they won their Stanley Cup back in two thousand and six, which is kind of crazy. Crazy, I
1: didn't know that.
0: Yeah, not a single game in 09 in oh or not no. They lost to Boston. They got swept by Boston a couple of years ago. I think it was nineteen, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it was nineteen because there's Boston the went to Blues, the Cup that year. Boston yeah. Cup final, yeah. And then this year, so they haven't won a game in the last three trips over a decade and a bit um in conference finals which i don't know people were trying to make something of that i think that's just uh bad luck than than anything else yeah. but um and it's the,
1: the lebron thing too it's like lolly lost this many times in the finals it's like the signal is that you're there repetitively
0: yeah exactly like there's a ton of teams that probably have not been to the conference final three times
1: since 2009 so I, i'd be um, okay if the leafs have been to the conference finals and lost three times
0: yeah, exactly. So, um that's an interesting stat though, but yeah, no, they just kind of kind of ran out of gas and um <sighs> credit to the Panthers, man. Like, I don't know, we it, it just kind of feels like take everything we talked about last episode and and just apply it, you know, straight down to the the part of it feels like this run feels destined to come to an end at some point, but it doesn't have to be this round and it wasn't this round.
1: Yep. Yeah, they're rolling
0: um games three and four kind of shifted from the Bobrovsky narrative I mean don't get me wrong he was still very very good in both those games um but shifted from Bobrovsky to Matt Kachuk look at this guy um where people are he's now the new shiny toy of is this guy the second best player in the world because I think McDavid is still undisputedly the best that it's not like we're trying to hot take that but um man Matthew Kachuk three player three game winners Uh, Two in overtime and one with four seconds left to call the series. Just an absolutely insane series. And and again, this comes after a pretty quiet uh, round against the Leafs, to be completely honest. And it's just funny how things can change in three or four games.
1: One hundred percent. And like he still played well against the Leafs, but you know he he didn't look as dominant as he has recently against against the Leafs.
0: He wasn't a nine point five million dollar player. He was
1: like a yeah. 7.5. Like, yeah, he's comfortably like first liner and everything. Still just nothing crazy against Toronto. And then now you're seeing the high highs of, yeah, when he's at his best, he's almost unstoppable. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of it's, quickly how kind of crazy how quickly things went from like, oh, is he just a product of goodrow in Calgary to like, is he better than Matthews?
0: Yeah, well, i like, Especially because just like last year too, like he had that giant season last year, right? 110 yeah. points or whatever it was. And even after the trade was made, people kind of went, yeah, like we know he's not a 110 point player. And he goes, no, 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 no. You watch. I no, am. No, I you am. <laughs> know? Like, but but people like the trade. Cause it's like, yeah, hey, he does different stuff. You know, he's a gritty player. He He's kind of, you know, more all rounded than Huberto for sure. And like Huberto's points were really inflated last year too. Like, um, you know, obviously we don't need to relitigate that for Flames fans sake, but it's just one of those things where, yeah, it's funny where he always felt like he had the talent, but you weren't sure what the ceiling was truly going to be. He had the year yep. where you go, okay, well, this feels like his ceiling, you know, this feels like he overachieved and then he did it again. So now it's now that we have two years of data, it's going to be really interesting to see what next year brings in terms of like, is this just who he is now? Where he legitimately is one of the top three wingers, top, eight players in the league or you know should we still expect a little bit of regression and i truly don't have an answer i wouldn't be surprised either way
1: he'll be a fun one for like the wingers rankings because i think given his age you could plausibly argue he is should be forecasted as the third best player in the league next year right Mm -hmm.
0: yeah and like i think there's also probably an avenue where he does dip 20 points but is still like his war is just as effective or whatever. Yeah. Um, And, and I find that's a lot of cases with wingers too, you know, even thinking back to like, like Kucherov was at one point, the undisputed top winger in the league after he had that 128 point season or whatever. But then just immediately the year after, he wasn't that because, you know, he started dealing with injuries and just, you yeah. know, even he just didn't quite put up the insane point totals. And and it's not like anyone considered Kudrow a bad winger, but he was just, he became in the mix of the top five, which is fair. Yeah. I just think that's kind of how it goes with wingers is that there's maybe
1: a little more volatility than we'd like to admit. Guess the top five wingers in war over the past three years. Um.
0: Chuck's probably got to be up there just without two good of seasons he's had.
1: He is number one.
0: Um, I'll say Pasta.
1: Pasta's five.
0: I know Rantanen's usually really high. Rantanen's two. Um, You're going to get
1: three, but I don't think you will get four.
0: Are you counting Drysaddle as a winger or a center? Center. Okay. Um, oh, man, I'm blanking. Panarin wouldn't be. No. Uh why am I blanking? I know there's something super obvious that I'm missing here.
1: <laughs> there's one
0: you're gonna be really mad or if you don't get it.
1: And then the other will shock you.
0: It wouldn't be Mark Stone. He's not he hasn't been healthy enough, right? No, he
1: hasn't played enough.
0: No, that's what I thought. Uh starts with an M. Last name? Both. Starts with M. Oh, Mitch Miner. okay.
1: Yeah, Mar- yeah. <laughs> Mars
0: 3. Yeah, that makes sense. And then four i don't know like his brady Kachuk's not there is he no his war numbers are always insanely like too high probably uh i don't know yeah
1: fourth one my guess would have been jason robertson who is seven it is joe pavelski Mm, that's yeah i was i was considered pavelski a center
0: and i don't really know why because he's not at this point but
1: yeah yeah and Um, he was weird because he's like a even in his peak, he played wing, but took face-offs a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He's an odd dude.
0: Yeah, Marshan was the other name I kept thinking about, but I wasn't really sure because he missed a ton of time this year. Or not a ton, yeah. but he missed a good chunk of this year, too. He's like eight or yeah. nine. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean that like, that seems like the right group, though, right? Yep.
1: Like Goodrow, if, Robertson, Marshan. That's yep. pretty comfortably um, the top group of guys. I feel like you can order most of them and – Pretty much any way you want.
0: Yeah, like it's it's definitely there's a few where maybe you in that list where you go, oh, I know, I don't know, like Robertson, maybe say you need to see a little more just to put him one or whatever.
1: Yeah, but and if you knock Goudreau because he's probably on the downside of his age curve, and so is Marshawn. Yeah, and but Kolesky.
0: but again, like that yeah. seems like the right grouping of players for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, there's no one obvious missing from that list.
0: No, off the top of my head,
1: no. Like, Kaprizov would be the next guy, yep. which would make sense. And even he
0: missed sense. he missed time in the
1: past couple of years as well. Yeah. Stone was the next one after that. Yeah. So, um, unless you count Stampos as a winger. Yeah. He used to make sense. Both. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, but I don't even remember what the point I was trying to make
1: there was. But... Oh, just <laughs> Matthew, either. Matthew, yeah, Kachuck, I guess. But... Just where he ranks in wingers. I was yeah. kind of. At first, I was surprised to see him third on the entire list, but honestly, no, it makes sense.
0: Yeah, when you especially like he's had like 140 points over his last two years
1: or whatever. Like it's been just yeah. incredible, right? Yeah, two and his play driving numbers are insane, and you've seen him do it on two separate teams. Everything like, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
0: yeah, other notes in that series, like I, I just. Again, we kind of talked about it before, but Carolina's injuries really – and just, like, lack of overall scoring power, I think, did come back to hurt them.
1: Um, Yep. 100% it did. Yeah, like, even – Which is too bad, and the injuries just clearly added up, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, and just, like – and obviously, like, who knows? Florida might still – like, Bobrovsky played so well. Like, um, the only game I think he had – no, and even that – I say game four – Carolina had 3.19 goals above expected or expected goals, and they only scored three. I'm mean, used to that was the only time he was even close to even in terms of goals for and against or expected yeah. versus actual. In game uh game three, Carolina had 2.14 and didn't score any. And again, like some of that makes sense when you realize Jesper fast is the and Stefan Nosen are two and three ranked for uh who you have <laughs> here, you know, like. Or, sorry, who you have in terms of the expected goal. Like, Aho had a half an expected goal. Yes, we're fast. 0.3. Stefan Nozen, 0.3. Those are just not going to translate into goals near as often as Svechnikov shooting it
1: or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's the injuries just so caught. It's so tough to take away anything from that for Carolina when they're missing their second-best forward. And like, Tara Bynum's playing hurt. And Pat Shreddy just never really played for them. Like, it's it's tough to... It's just shitty for them.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, too, is you can't even look at their goal ten. Their goal ten, they put up like a 940 in the series, and it wasn't yeah. enough. Like, <laughs> have we talked about this on the podcast? Uh, when did everyone become XG truthers? I don't in know, but I've noticed that a lot, too. And, like, yeah, I so I'll, I'll be, I love the PDO cast, like, and to the point where, like, it and yeah, Puck are probably two of the only, like, hardcore hockey podcasts I actually listen to these days. Yeah, um, that's fair. Just because, yeah, like I just with work and stuff and I, I listen to a bunch of football ones. and But yeah, like it feels like every time the uh, this series got brought up on the PDO cast, it was, well, no, Florida's actually, the, the models are wrong. Florida's actually been playing good. It's like Florida's probably been playing better than the models say, but you cannot convince me this series has been 50-50 the entire time. Like yeah. when a model says it's 75-25 almost every game, you cannot convince me there's a 25% swing because we don't have puck
1: tracking data. Yeah. And like, I feel like what the models got wrong isn't actually something they got wrong. The creators just explicitly decided not to put shooting talent into the XG models. And that would explain most of it. Like, again, the wingers you just named taking shots instead of Svechnikov. Like, that's probably the majority of what's happening.
0: Yeah, exactly. And like if you use that to project going forward and like I, I think it is an argument of, you know, the mo- like should a model have that in or not, because I, I definitely think you should be factoring that in because just naturally, like if you're going to be saying, well, they should have won this men and men and this many times over a thousand simulations or whatever, it's like, well, that doesn't work if it's Stefan Nosen taking the shots every yeah. time,
1: right? Like, so the deserved to winometer should have it if that's your goal, but you shouldn't have it for like RAPM because then you can end up just saying guys are really good XG drivers, but it's because their line mates are really good shooters or whatever. Yeah, so like Matt Bunting's XG could get inflated because Matthews' shots are worth twice as much as a normal shot or whatever, which gets kind of dicey. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's when you're looking at purely what was the result it's different than trying to project going forward or even projecting backwards, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Or if it's player analysis versus trying to say who should have won this game sort of thing.
0: Yeah. Um. But I the other funny thing to me is just like the, the narratives people try and pick and select coming out of the final four and stuff just always kind of blows my mind. Like, the yeah, one I've seen, the two most common I've seen is no tax state, which don't even get me into this. Just I hate that bad so badly. And also all these teams have X amount of defense uh, that are six, two or taller
1: or whatever. It's like, what a specific cutoff, dude. We're in I reality. The specific cutoff. I've written about <laughs> it multiple times. Recently. It's the stupidest shit in the world.
0: It is so dumb. When like in reality, you could just as easily make the narrative, the teams in the final four, Florida Panthers, the Carolina Hurricanes were first in expected goals. Florida was fifth. Vegas was down near half because they were playing at,
1: at um, they were 15th because they were playing without half their roster for most of the year. Yeah, and, and best da- XG driver by a mile basically didn't play. And-
0: yeah, and Dallas was 10th. So, like, yep. like, you could just as make it, and, like, that would just make more sense. Or even just, like, I don't know, like, do something a little better than – this random cutoff is what the difference is. It's like, come on. Same with the no tax state stuff. It's just like,
1: oh, that's so dumb. Oh it, it, yeah. It's just, it's incredible. Well, also like Jacob Slavin was Carolina's best defender by a mile. Like Jacob Slavin doesn't play big. No, or like whatever. Right. Like she's just like smooth.
0: And same with like everyone goes like oh yeah like Aaron Ekblad or whatever it's like Aaron Ekblad has been actively horrendous in
1: these playoffs. Yeah, he's been getting filled in. So and it's oh, just a lot like, of Florida's D are actually kind of bad.
0: Oh yeah, well I that's it. And like I just kind of keep waiting for the damn damn to break. And like Florida, I will say it is even if you don't want to admit it, and maybe it could be a little overrated. There is an obvious difference of playoff hockey versus non-playoff hockey when yeah. it comes to how you can play. And it, it it is just as simple as you can take nine slashing calls and the 10th one's going to get called. Where in the regular season, rightfully or wrongfully, it's about the fourth one that's going to get called, right? Yeah. Um. And Florida's D has been playing into that as well, where they will just maul you before and after the whistle in hopes of if we take 20 infractions, they can't call 20, they're only going to call two. Um, yeah. And I don't like that. but smart sadly. But for how the system is set up, that is the right move. So they definitely have that going for them. But yeah, like, again, three more Bobrovsky goals below expected, and we're not talking about this. We're talking about how slow-moving their defensemen are?
1: Yeah, 100%. So like, Yeah, I don't know. I get, again, like, the Carolina shooters aren't great or whatever, but the lengths people have been trying to go to to say something other than whole, like, obviously Florida's played great, yeah you have to play great, but, like, holy shit, Bobrovskis have been amazing. It should be the primary takeaway from this.
0: Well, that's the thing, and, like, if your main takeaway is, yeah, Carolina shooters are not good, it's like, okay, well, then what's the excuse in the Leaf series? Yep. Because, like, you know, as much as we said, maybe they would have won more depth scoring. It's not like Ryan O'Reilly is a
1: bad shooter or whatever. Yep. Yeah, he's not an elite shooter, but, like, he's not a breaking xg models because he's so bad at it same with like yeah guys like Nola
0: nolachari or whatever like if he's your 11th forward yeah, that should fine. be fine when you're yeah. absolutely dominating play
1: not so, to mention matthews nylander and exactly. like exactly it's not just shooting passing probably matters more than shooting every time it's been researched and mitch marner exists and like Don tavares like yeah yeah tavares can still move the puck and shoot while well, he just can't O'Reilly like that's
0: a strength of O'Reilly as well as for you know what he lacks in foot speed it's his hockey knowledge yeah. is just there smart so that, yeah yeah so going to
1: the right place at all times even if he might take a while to get there
0: yeah yeah I don't know we'll we'll have our Stanley Cup preview next episode because the other one's still going on but um for Carolina I guess we should look at them and you know, it, again, let's just add them to a long line of teams that this probably could have felt like quote unquote their year to go for. Um, even with the injuries, you know. Um they have That's RV. the part. Like
1: they, they they have a busy off season now.
0: Yes, they have They're a smart they team,
1: they'll be fine, but it, it gets is a harder lot
0: around the edges. Next off season's when it's gonna get very hard. But yes. This offseason, they have puyarvi's in an RFA. I don't really think they're going to bring him back. I don't um, – It doesn't I don't, sound like
1: they are.
0: Yeah, I don't seem to think that they really enjoyed him. Um, Jesper Fast is a UFA to the point where like, I saw like very smart people on Kane's Twitter being like, you may as well just bring Jesper Fast back at puyarvi's price tag or whatever, which not yeah. something ever – Pujarvi's got like right. a $3 million qualifying offer is the problem. Yeah.
1: Well, the um, weird thing for them is because they have space, but there's really no one to use space on this summer
0: yeah oh well, and like i think you just kind of have to hold it unfortunately like which sounds tough but like jordan stall he's gonna be a cane for life from yep. now on like no he's getting re-signed there. i bet you he does the one million one year kind of deal maybe he goes yep. like two million or whatever but like so i can't see him or one by one sort of thing yeah i can't see him breaking the bank for this team but i know like he still played a pivotal role and was good for this team so I think it'll be a thing of like, they're probably going to start getting significant value on him and he's already made almost $80 million in the career earnings. So yeah. um, Paul Statsy and Derek Stepon, again, very replaceable guys for cheap. I'm sure they'll find similar um, type players. And then on the blue line, Calvin DeHaan, Shane Gostas, Bear, Maxim Lajoie, again, nothing too big there. Then they got to figure out Frederick Anderson and Antti Ranta are both UFAs. So I think you bring. They probably bring one of them back, but maybe you go look for a different guy and play him. But Kachekov feels ready to go for next year. Um,
1: yeah, and they but, gave him that contract, follow yep. the money there. Like they're going to give him a shot.
0: Yep, which seems right. So seems this offseason, yep.
1: they know goaltending. It's one of the teams where I would actually defer to their decision making and just yep. assume they know something we don't because they've done it consistently.
0: Absolutely, and you know, honestly, what could be interesting for them this year is. And I, I don't know, like it's always a little risky or whatever, but I kind of wonder if they should be a team that kind of looks to just go in, whether it's an RFA or a UFA, go find a guy in an expiring contract and just say, we're pushing some assets in the middle for this one here, because we know we can afford them this, one, this year, but we might not be able to extend them. I respect
1: that. Just kind of commit. And then, like, they're still healthy cap sheet. They have, all of their picks essentially plus a little bit more like kind of commit and then go for a mini reset after.
0: Yeah. And then, so like if everyone for, so why people are wondering why the names we just read out aren't impact players, every single name I didn't read out basically is uh, up next year. <laughs> um, so yeah, literally so, everyone else. So Ajo's a UFA next year Two Tevo, Tara a UFA next year. They're both going to be wanting raises. That'll be um, Martin Nikash is an RFA next year. He's going to get a raise. Jordan Martinuk is a UFA next year. Jack Drury is an RFA next year. Seth Jarvis is an RFA next year. Ryan Suzuki is an RFA next year. Um, Brady Shea, Brett Pesci are UFAs next year. And then the year following, Slavin and Burns are UFAs as well. So um, Svechnikov is signed long-term. They have him done long-term as well. And obviously, I guess I should mention, obviously coming off the cap this year is Gardner, Koshe and Max ready, which we already kind of knew about as well. So again, like they have for this coming year, they only have 28 and a half million committed up front and they only need about, I don't know, actually, I guess, no, it'll be a little more than that uh, with uh, Svechnikov 7.75, it'll be about $35 million committed up front, but they only need to sign three or four more guys and they only have 20 million, 20 and a half million committed on the blue line and 22 million in net. So, like, they have space to go and add players. But again, Aho is getting what? You'd have to assume $10 million. And I think he pencil in four. Nikash is probably getting six. Like Jarvis that. is probably getting, if they, even if they bridge him, Jarvis is probably getting 3.5 area. And three if they go long term. If they
1: bridge or six or something, if they go term.
0: Exactly. Um, Heshi, if they want to keep him, probably looking for six mil, five and a half.
1: I could yeah, see him signing.
0: What's TJ Brody sign for? Five by four. I could see doing that, or if go four yep. years, five and a half or something like that. But
1: that area, you know? He's right handed too. So maybe you go five, five or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that.
0: Yep. So like it's just, it's going to add up quick in the next offseason. But yep. this, this could be a really, I think they have a lot of options to be on. And the other thing is too, you know, maybe I say, you know, trade for a, an RFA. Maybe they do look for an RFA. I don't know who that is off the top of my head. Um, but if there's someone who comes available and they trade for him, maybe they make an extension with him and say, okay, now we can let Tavo Teravinen
1: walk next offseason. Yeah, that's fair. I and walking seems like something Carolina would do. I that has poison pill contract potential. And I, <clears throat> I think Carolina is too smart to sign that next deal unless he wants to take a discount or something.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. So um, yeah, no, I, I think they're still in a good place. They're going to be atop the Metro again next year. But, yeah, I, I kind of wonder what they what they do in net. Um, and, again, I, d- I don't know what the right answer is there because, like.
1: It's crazy that a
0: team this good has so little committed. Yeah, And, long-term. like, it is really weird to see their cap sheet like that, right? Like, the only long-term contracts are, ironically, one they did at a spite in Cogniemi and then <laughs> yeah. Svechnikov.
1: Their second overall pick.
0: Yeah. Like, which so, when, when he signed, like most people, I think, right. Like I'm, I mean, you and I for sure said, Oh, that could be a steal. You know, it's not given his yeah. results
1: so far, but it very well could be. Yeah. It had best contract in the league potential. That's a little dramatic, but like he could still be an absolute steal. Exactly.
0: Yeah. There was a world where it happened. That world didn't pan
1: out, but still. Yeah. And even like, like to Chuck took. A decent amount of time, right? Yep.
0: Well, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, like, I'm not saying Svechkov's a bust or anything like that. I just, yeah, I don't think he's going to be. It's
1: getting less likely every day, right?
0: Yeah, like, we thought he could be, like, a 50-goal score, 100-point guy. or It kind of seems a little less likely that he turns into exactly that, but he's still a very useful player.
1: Yeah, exactly. He could still be a point-per-game play-driving winger easily. Yeah,
0: so... No, I, I don't. Know. I, I think it'll be interesting to see what they do. Pat Reddy's a real interesting thing. I whether they are the ones who bring him back or not. I just kind of wonder what he even looks like going forward. Um,
1: yeah, they know. would have better information on his health than anyone else. I'd
0: even just hey. in gen- like I just I kind of have a hard time believing a thirty three year old's going to be able to come back from two surgeries on the same knee to be in playing
1: condition. You know. And he's been missing time since 2020, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. That's and, like, like, it's, like, a massive knee surgery, too. I just, I don't know. I, I hope to God we can see a, a version of Pacioretty where, because, like, Pacioretty was one of the most fun players to watch in his peak.
1: Oh, yeah. Patrick Pacioretty's great.
0: Like, yeah, just watching him break down, score 30, you know, just absolutely bomb one from the slot or whatever. Like, it's just, yeah. but, fun. I just, I don't know.
1: He's, like, an electric player to watch. Mm-hmm. where he can so, score any him and stuff like that
0: so even if he could get back to the point where he's doing that in a third line role like that'd be super cool to see i just i don't know i i have a, my doubts about it for sure
1: yeah i agree
0: All right. Well, that's that series as well. Again, we'll talk a little bit more about the cup final next episode, but uh, before we move on to the second series, we'd like to give a shout out to our sponsors at Athletic Greens. Their signature AG1 replaces key health products in one simple scoop. AG1 combines nine health products working together as one, replacing your multivitone, multiminerals, pre and probiotics, immunity support and more. That means AG1 does more for your body and saves you time, money and confusion compared to taking multiple unique products. All right, Chase, on to the Vegas Golden Knights and Dallas Stars. Thank God this one gave us a series. And honestly, it's funny because, you know, we're not huge basketball guys, but there was a a chance there where we thought all four conference final series in basketball and the NHL are going to be 4-0 sweeps. Um, The NBA has now had a game seven. They're going to a game seven. The Celtics forced that last night. The Dallas Stars will be trying to be forcing a game seven tonight as people are listening to that uh, tomorrow as we're recording. It's Sunday at 9 p.m. right now. Um, Last time we recorded, it was 2-0. We had said we felt Dallas deserved one. Probably should have been 1-1, but wanted to know how they came out. And, oh, my God, you want to talk about putting on a shit show coming out. It is lucky. I think that da- for Dallas, they are lucky they are the Dallas market and not Toronto because yes, that was absolutely. five times worse than anything Toronto did. If John Tavares went out and tried to murder someone, which, ironically enough, half the Toronto media might have liked. But yeah, true. Like that's exactly what that. Didn't speak to the media after. Yeah, and then when he did, okay. So for anyone who somehow doesn't know, so Game Three starts. Vegas gets on the board early, like they're up one nothing a minute in or whatever. Three minutes in, Stone goes down. Jamie Benz on top of him, looks down, and has one of the filthiest plays I've ever seen watching hockey. Just was really tries to cool. decapitate him with his stick while he's on the ice. Um, review called right away, reviewed automatically five minutes. Um, Stone, thank God, wasn't hurt on the play. I don't know how. That's crazy how he wasn't. Yeah. But yeah, five minutes automatically. Uh they score once on the power play, and I think once right at the end of the power. I don't know if it was technically a power play goal, but basically three-nothing now because of the power play. Um just get dominated that game. Like Max Domi threw a punch. The fans were throwing shit on the the ice, which I don't know. I I saw people getting mad about that. It it was a small subsection of fans. People do stupid shit all the time. I'm not saying the Dallas fan base is whatever yep. because of it, but um, yeah, just yeah, no, probably not just a good...
1: drunk idiots. Literally, drunk idiots exist in Dallas. Drunk idiots exist in Toronto, Ottawa. yep, exactly. So um, I hate when people try to make anything more than that out of that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, game three, it looks like he's done. We go in, Jamie Ben gets three games, uh, three game suspension, which I've got to be honest, more than I was expecting. I really thought because he missed that whole game, it was three games, right? Not two? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was three. I'm pretty sure. Because he missed that whole game three, I really thought that he was going to miss, uh, I thought he was only going to get like one to be completely honest, And now that is just purely my lack of faith in anything department player <laughs> players safety doing, AD, doing yeah. anything correct. And they did see some, and like, again, this is one of the things anyone listens to this podcast, know. I'm always pro more suspension. If you want to yep. tell me that's an eight game suspension in the uh, playoffs and the 16 gamer in regular season, yep. I wouldn't argue,
1: but the fact like yeah, 20 games, if you're trying to hurt the other team's best player, like I'm in for the most aggressive suspensions.
0: Yeah, exactly. And like, it, was two, it was two games, now I say it. which Oh, I thought it was three. It, I two think points. people basically said it was three because he missed all of game three. So he is back now for game six, which is kind of crazy. Um, I did see people pointing out that, like, oh, if Buntings was three, this should be at least more. And, again, I, I don't really disagree. I try not to compare apples to apples with Department of Player Safety because they're <clears throat> horrid at their job. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, those Two just games not seem consistent at all. Trying to no, use precedent just, I don't think, would help your predictions.
0: No, and I, I think, you know, it's, it's weird. So injuries, they don't take into consideration an injury when deciding whether or not to suspend a player, but they do take it in injury into account when they, if they've decided, yes, the length gets accounted for, which is that not the stupidest thing in the world? It is so dumb. Like, if you've acknowledged that, this should be a suspendable play regardless of injury. A guy shouldn't get less because he accidentally
1: didn't get injured. You know, like... like it's just, yeah, it's... I don't know. I don't know why that matters. So
0: I am I am thinking Mark Stone not being hurt here is probably what kept it to two versus three or four.
1: Yeah. Um well, 100% I, it was. If he's out with a concussion, he probably gets four...
0: Yeah, probably just the rest of the series, like they did with Cadre or whatever, a couple times. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, a yeah. couple times. Yes. <laughs> I
0: like, It's just an absolutely filthy. And, you know, what really just frustrates me. And I don't know if this was in the States as well, but from Gary Galley on Sportsnet, the whole narrative he had built for these two games was look how Dallas, how Dallas is trying to get their captain back in this series. It's
1: like this dude didn't break his
0: leg in his back in two games. Like,
1: this dude tried <laughs> to decapitate somebody. Yeah. What are he we stopped. doing? using his brain in the middle of an NHL game and decided to try to hurt the other team's best player.
0: Yeah. And it's like, and every like, Oh, everyone in the media is like, well, he's such a nice guy. Like I have so much respect for him and everything. It's like, this isn't even the first time he's been caught on camera trying to decapitate a dude. He just didn't get yeah. suspended for it last time. It's like, I don't care
1: yeah. if he's nice to the media. You have to call that bullshit out. Yeah. Well, and exactly. You can be a nice person and do something horrific. Yeah. It's not morality play. No.
0: No. Not at all. Like, I just,
1: uh, I don't know. Like, I, like,
0: good people do bad things. We know yeah. this. And, like, it's... I I don't think his intentions were, I'm going to try and absolutely kill this dude. But, like, it was clear that he was oh, trying yeah. to hurt him. Yeah. And that's why, so we get to his comments then as well, which are just even worse, where he goes, yeah, it was unfortunate, obviously, like, I wish I didn't just break my fall with my stick.
1: Yeah, he, he was, that was
0: brutal. It's just like, dude, just own it that you did something stupid. Yep. Hey, I like, made a mistake. Bill, like, yeah, my emotions were running high. I was trying to give him a little extra shot, like everyone does here or there, but absolutely didn't mean to be in the neck. Yep. That yeah, is, exactly. The fact that, considering and he I'm glad he's talk okay. To the, yeah, exactly. I'm very glad he's not hurt. Like, yeah, just meant to give him a little shot in the shoulder, like everyone does. It's the playoffs. That's mm-hmm. what happened. The fact yeah, that he I'm sure they've whole, played
1: international together. Oh, I, I know him personally or whatever. Yeah, exactly. He's okay.
0: The fact that he had a whole day. Because It's not like he talked to him, as you said, he just he decided not to talk after that night and then comes out with that. It's like, what are you doing? And what, what is the PR team doing? Like, but um, Dallas to their credit, battled back game four and five. I'm not gonna say any of this bullshit narrative of oh, they wanted their captain back that noise, but um it's funny because honestly, like you would if I told you Dallas came back in games four and five, you'd probably say Jake Ottinger finally pulled his head out of his ass, and Aiden Hill turned into <laughs> yeah. normal Aiden Hill. That's not really what happened, though. Like, Aiden oh. Hill has still been very solid through these two games. Uh, he had left in a bit of a weak one on Saturday night, but he also had a couple, like, cross-crease just robberies that I couldn't believe. Um, he has yeah, been there was very good.
1: Where it was like, I texted you, about it. was like, what just happened?
0: Yeah, to the point where, like, you were, like, a little ahead of me. And so I wasn't actually sure. Oh, really? and then, like, yeah. I and, like, it was like literally two seconds later. So I was like, I don't know what he's talking about. And then go down. He, I was like, Oh my gosh, that's yeah. what he's talking about. But, um, yeah, like using the good old deserve to win meter, like Dallas was at 63% for both of those games. And, um, that feels about right. You know, they've been controlling play recently. Uh, Jason Robertson, man, you want to talk about getting your team off the mat when they need it. He had a huge game four and was, I thought he was all over the ice in game five as well. Like I really liked his game too, uh, or his game as well. Max Domi looked good in game five. Um, You know, another guy who had a rough game three, but you know, we talk about with Carolina, how I read off the expected goals leaders for them and why they probably didn't score a goal in game three. Well, the leaders for Dallas in game five, Max Domi, Jason Robertson, Wyatt Johnson, Rupe Hints, Ty D'Alandra. Like those are the guys you want up there, right? Yep. That's exactly. You want shooting puck for you. So um, I really hope this goes seven. I, I, I think this has been, you know, an interesting series again, games one, two, four and five have been uh incredibly entertaining as well. And I, I don't really see why game six tomorrow night will be any different. Yeah. I'm pretty pumped for that game actually. Yeah, it should be an absolute uh, blast. So, um, on Vegas' side, not too much to take away. They're playing a little looser than I thought they were. For like how well they dominated Edmonton at five on five, I'm a little surprised how like and like Dallas is a really good team. Don't get me wrong, but like I'm a little surprised how much they've struggled at times at five on five this series. Even just like giving up the uncharacteristic high, like high danger chances that like Aiden Hill has had to make massive stops on.
1: Yes, yeah, like the whole we went through it with Carolina. Like, is XG lying or whatever? No, like Aiden Hill's been legit.
0: Hmm. Yeah, like and like I'm not saying Dallas hasn't been completely goalied or anything like that, but like it could very easily be three uh, two Dallas right now instead of three yep. two Vegas. You know?
1: Yeah, it's. I feel like three two is where the series should be, and if it either direction, fair enough. It,
0: yeah, exactly. Like it, we got there in a in a little weirder of a way, weirder maybe. Way. But um, yeah, at the same time, like we we are here. So
1: yep,
0: yeah. Uh, I I don't. I, I really want this to go seven. I, I don't know. I could. I could see it go either way, though. It's it's so hard to predict one one game series, right? So conference uh, final game seven would be sick as hell. Yeah, I'm just happy that they did spread this one out a little bit, and this way we also don't have quite an aggressive break between now and the cup final. Um, we will be. Yeah, the next time we talk, well, we might have to see. Chase and I might have to switch our recording schedule <laughs> around. So assuming if, if Dallas does win on Monday night, they would play on Wednesday night. Chase, usually, Chase and I usually record Wednesday night for a Thursday publish. That might be a Thursday record to preview the Stanley Cup finals, which will have yeah. already been confirmed. We'll start Saturday, no matter what. Saturday, June 3rd. So, okay. yeah, we have that to look forward to definitely as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Pretty quick episode. I think uh that's about it. Unless you want to do a quick game, we could do Chase. It's up to you. I'm probably good.
1: I'm tired.
0: Okay. I was gonna say, uh yeah, we'll we'll Soccer save that for another golf. time. The, Big day. The off season then. Um, I don't think there was any other real news. I guess we didn't really mention too much on the podcast. We and you spoke about it very briefly last week off the podcast, but Congrats to Craig Conroy on being hired as general manager for the Flames. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. We don't really, I like, again, I the reason we didn't talk about it much last time was we just don't really have too Anything much to of add. a take on it. Like, yeah, he's been their assistant GM for eight years now. So you can't say he hasn't been through the ringer. Um, yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what he provides. Another former player or whatever, but it's not like he's stepping right off the, the ice um, mm-hmm. into the front office. And, and into It's tough because there's
1: been a lot of good moves and a lot of bad moves in Calgary. So, like, yep. Maybe he was on all for all the bad ones, or maybe it was all. I don't know. I don't know how you analyze that from the outside. I'm sure people, yeah. reporters know, but I don't. And
0: real realistically, probably a mix of both. Both. Yep. Um. But yeah, well, yeah. No, the, the only other the only thing I guess I want to mention is like, I think it was Puck Soup that I was talking about. It's like, well, it's not actually that many former players in roles or whatever. And it's like, and the ones that are cut their teeth or whatever, it's like, okay, but yeah, half the problem is that they get every chance to quote unquote, cut their teeth. And that's still yeah. why we see so many former Cause it's like, like most of the time, it, there's a reason it was so rare for Dubas to be a GM at his age, because again, Craig Conroy stopped playing. And then three years later at age 42, stepped into the management position where like some 42 year old who didn't play a bunch of games in the league just isn't getting that opportunity, even if they deserve it.
1: A hundred percent. Well, and also, like, I get there are things that you will learn as a player that we will simply never know. But the general manager is the general manager of a billion dollar company. Being a former player does not equip you for the vast majority of that job. Yeah, exactly.
0: Like, how many times do you hear? Well, it's not just
1: zero former players are, and that's the way hockey will be eventually. I am almost certain.
0: Yeah. Well, it's like how many times. how many times do you hear the job is not just uh, financial or like contracts or whatever. It's mm-hmm. like figuring, yeah, it's, You're it's managing dealing... human
1: beings. A lot. E- exactly. On and 90 like GMs different get levels. a lot of credit for decisions, but it's like your draft picks are mostly your scouts. Your trades are going to be a lot of like pro scouting input and all that stuff. Like I'm sure they have to say, but a lot of it is you just have to manage human beings and like business side stuff too.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's why like the good ones probably do defer to those people a lot more often too. Right. Where,
1: yeah, they just run out of time. Right
0: yeah and like you just see how many times and and that's why it's like you need good people in the room too because it's like how many clips have we seen of a guy getting traded or drafted and like the classic one's always tyler Seguin and it's Pierre dorian of all people going does he fit our culture it's like oh my <laughs> god like shut
1: up right yeah but,
0: yeah because
1: yeah, like people like oh so-and-so about being an analytics gm like if you're John Chakey, you're not running the regressions yourself, right? No, like, like, you you have to have other people to do that. And most of being a GM is probably just getting good people in the right role. Not really Exactly. Right.
0: You, you want like a baseline of understanding of what those regressions mean, but like you don't yeah. need to be the one designing the model
1: or anything like no, that. No, exactly. It's probably better that you're not just because it's just more important things to do, to be honest. Yeah yeah absolutely you don't need dubas calibrating your draft model or whatever
0: yeah 100 percent. so yeah that, that's all i had then for this week uh thank you everyone so much for listening as always you can find me on twitter at nhl Sense and stuff chase on twitter at cm hockey 66 uh, all my work at last on chase at the dot as well as a Substack, which you can find through twitter and uh, we will be back at you later this week uh with uh Rounding up however this Western Conference uh, goes and a Stanley Cup final preview, which is super exciting. So thank you everyone so much for listening. We'll talk to you all next week.